0: is hit well in a center field that one's carrying out at center it's out of here oh johnny with a pinch hit home run at the plate is mike trout the pitch on its
1: way it's blasted out to dead center field out of here ball gets away he's gonna break for the plate ball game is over the angels with a walk-off win here the bottom of the ninth inning. This is the Angels Recap Podcast, a review of the past week in Angels baseball. Here's your host, Trent Rush. You want to talk about a jam-packed edition of the Angels Recap Podcast? Well, that's what we got for you here this week. My name is Trent Rush. Glad to be with you here today. We're gonna to have Angels Broadcaster Mark is joining us in just a little bit, but first The new Angels catcher, Kurt Suzuki. Perry Manassian says that he's going to play about two to three times a week that Suzuki comes on a one-year, $1.5 million deal. Kurt turned down more money and more playing time because he so badly wanted to be a part of this Angels baseball organization. I'm looking forward to sharing his conversation uh, coming up in just a moment because he is somebody that I really feel is going to bring such great value to this Angels team. Yes, he is still a very productive baseball player, but what he brings in terms of clubhouse leadership, mentorship to the catchers, mentorship to the pitchers. I mean, let's not forget that when he was with the Nationals, he helped guide Max Scherzer. Steven Strasburg, Patrick Corbin. I mean, you're talking about big-time names that Kirk Suzuki was their catcher, and that was when they won the World Series uh, in 2019. He's got a ring to prove it. This guy knows how to win, and Kirk Suzuki, I think, is going to be really beneficial uh, for this Angels club on a lot of different ways. Also, Jose Quintana officially signed one-year $8 million. Um, Last week, we talked a lot about Jose Quintana and uh, what he's going to bring to this Angels pitching staff, but uh, did want to just bring up again uh, that deal is official now so again one year eight million uh, for Jose Quintana and Perry Manassian says that he wants to continue to add uh, to this pitching staff so we'll see what happens here the rest of this offseason all right without further ado here now our conversation with the new Angels catcher Kurt Suzuki all right we're joined now by one of the new Angel pickups this offseason catcher Kurt Suzuki in Southern California now going to stay in Southern California with the hellos Kurt what's going on man how are you
2: Good, good. Everything's good. How are you guys doing?
1: Hey, we're, we're doing all right. I, I would guess things are doing okay in the Suzuki household, hanging out by the beach in SoCal, knowing uh, you're going to be spending this 2021 season with the Halos. Maybe can, can you walk us through how this came together and, and why the Angels were the right spot for you?
2: Yeah, you know, um, obviously based out of Southern California, um, you know, This is where my permanent residence is. I went to school out here. It's a short flight away from my uh, my hometown of uh, Maui, Hawaii. Uh, It's such a such convenience for my parents, my family, and friends to come and watch me play. And uh, it seemed like a no brainer, you know. Obviously, having um, Perry and Alex coming in um, from Atlanta, I'm familiar with those two guys. Uh, Having Joe Madden as the manager and his coaching staff with Gallego, uh, Butterfield, like callaway i mean i'm familiar with a lot of those guys as well so i mean it just seemed like a perfect fit I, I love just looking at the roster the talent and the direction the team's going and um you know i know perry and alex they're going to do everything they can to make the team better and to be able to play for a manager like uh, joe madden uh, it, it seemed like a no-brainer for me
1: yeah i think there's a lot of excitement going on with this club right now and i want to get into some of those things in a minute uh, how often do you get back to maui kurt
2: You know, uh, before COVID hit, it was at least once a year. Um, You know, I would do a clinic out there from uh, my family foundation. Um, You know, I do a couple events out there every January. But, you know, this year times are kind of tough. And, uh, you know, it just seemed like a smart move not to do it. But I usually get back at least once, if not twice or three times a year.
1: I, I'll tell you this, I'm on my way to Honolulu right after we get done recording this. Uh, UC Irvine's got some games uh, in uh, in Honolulu this week, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but at the same time, I think I would take a flight just to go to dinner at Mama's Fish House. I, th- I think I would do that uh, just, just for that spot alone. But I know how much that community, uh, the whole state, how much they love their athletes that go and have success. And obviously for you to be an all-star and a World Series champion, what's it like – Essentially, representing an entire state at the major league level—it's
2: uh, it, amazing, you know. Really, it, it's more—it's uh, very humbling, and and I just feel very blessed to be in this position. You know, I, I try. I grew up, um, you know, admiring guys in in the major league level, and and you know, I always said, oh, one day, you know, I I want to be there, and I want to be able to give back to the community and things like that, and and to be where I am today. Um, knowing that the whole state is is always supporting you, no matter if you if you know them personally or not. Uh, just being from the state of Hawaii uh, representing the state, it, it's an amazing feeling, really. And um, you know, I'm very humbled, like I said to to be able to to try to be a role model for these young kids coming up and and try to set an, a good example for them.
1: Let's talk about uh, your college days for a minute. I think that your your story is just a phenomenal one from being a walk-on at Cal State Fullerton to winning a college World Series to having a 13-year major league career and winning a World Series uh, in the big leagues and just how amazing that is. Uh, but a homecoming in some sorts with your days at Cal State Fullerton. So uh, how much have you been looking forward to getting back kind of in this Orange County area and maybe reconnecting with some of those Titan folk? You
2: know, every year that I, I was uh, coming to be a free agent, you know, I always said, man, how cool it would it be to play for the Angels? How cool would it be to play for the Angels? It never, it never came to fruition. It, it always something happened or whatever. But you know, I'm not complaining. You know, I'm very blessed to, to have this career. But to be able to reunite in Orange County, close to uh, a lot of my friends that I went to college with, that you know are some of my best friends that I have, and and they all still live out there, whether they're coaching or or doing other things in Southern California. Uh, my coaches are still down there from that I had from college. Uh, you know, everybody—it's—it's it's, it's kind of a great feeling. You know, to—to to kind of come full circle, almost so to say. I started my college career, you know, at Cal State Fullerton, and you know, who knows how long I'll—I'll I'll be in Anaheim. So, uh, it, it's great.
1: I know you mentioned in your uh, Zoom call with the media uh connecting with with Bob Melvin and the time you spent in the AL West and and that kind of text exchange but I you know Rick Vanderhook was a coach when you were there and obviously he's leading that Cal State Fullerton program now uh what are the jabs like with Hookie these days
2: Oh it's great You know, I I talk <laughs> me, me and Hookie were we're really close in college and and we're still really close friends you know I talked to him quite a bit he uh you know, we actually talked after I signed, to so He's pumped for me, and, you know, his uh, his family's pumped for me. And it's uh, it's pretty cool, you know. He's still at Cal State Fullerton doing his thing, uh, leading that program. And, um, you know, he, he's a great uh, – he was a great mentor, a great coach, and and uh, very happy that, uh, you know, we're still close and talking. And, you know, same old, same old hooky. You know, we go back and forth all the time
1: he's the best Uh, we're talking right now with new angels catcher kurt suzuki kurt you know with this angels team the the pitching has been a struggle for the angels last several seasons and this is you know there's a lot of younger arms here some guys with with some big league experience but also uh, another crop of young pitchers that's going to be making their way through um, at some point there's a lot that gets made of the role that a catcher has with a pitcher and the importance of the battery and what a catcher can bring maybe can, can you take Take us behind the curtain a little bit as for maybe why that is so important to have a veteran catcher that understands how things works to help this pitching staff and and any pitching staff. But what are some of those things that you feel like you can provide that that maybe the general fan doesn't see on the surface? Well, I think
2: first and foremost is the trust factor. You know, having these pitchers trust you for me is the number one goal as every single catcher. Uh, that's the number one job to have is have your pitcher trust you because you guys want to be on the same page. Um, and to to ha- to know to let these pitchers know that you're behind them 100%, you care about them, you care about how they do, um, not just off the on the field but off the field as well, and, and you build this relationship. Uh, then you dive into all these uh, scouting reports, analytics, um, try to help him understand himself better and understand uh, what it takes, For him to be successful, you know, because some of these pitchers that are young, they got great stuff. They got, uh, they're very talented, but they just don't. Sometimes they just don't know what works for them the best, you know. And and for me, uh, being around a little bit, you know, you can you you kind of been through those situations, and to kind of help these pitchers and guide them in the right direction to to let them go out there and and do the best that they can with the abilities that they have, because, I mean, there's no question, you look at this roster, these guys are super talented, they're young, um, and they, they have a lot of upside, but, you know, sometimes it just takes a little bit of guidance, and, and I think myself, you know, with, you know, paired up with Stassi and then, you know, pairing up with Mickey Calloway, Alex Hammond, and the analytic, analytical department, I think we can help these guys really take the next step.
1: When did you start to buy in on some of the analytics and the changes there? Because I know that that can be maybe less so now than it was a few years ago, but that's still a relatively hot topic in baseball. When did you start kind of buying in to some to this new way of thinking in baseball?
2: Uh, you know, really, it was probably 2018, my last year in Atlanta, uh, the year that, you know, we went to the playoffs in Atlanta. We had a super young team. We had a lot of pitchers that were very talented but raw. We didn't know – really um how to how to use their stuff and their abilities and and i think like i had mentioned before being paired up with with alex Hammond in, uh, in the front office when he came over and he gave he gave me all these analytics and information and and i was like wow you know i was pretty impressed and kind of overwhelmed at first but then you know as you go into you try to create this combination like i i said i think in that gene call i said you take the analytics you take my experience You go out there with the pitcher stuff that day and you try to create this masterpiece. You don't really solely rely on analytics. You don't solely rely on experience. You combine those two. And I think when you combine those two in the right way and the pitcher goes out there and executes, I think you're going to have a lot of success.
1: Kurt, you've been around really great pitching throughout pretty much your entire career. Uh, Recently with the Nationals and being around guys like Scherzer and Strasburg and, and so many talented arms, what are some of the things that you feel like you've learned from the that that highest of levels of, of great pitchers that maybe you can bring and share with with some of the guys at this level?
2: you know really it's it's trusting your ability and, and it's it's just being a competitor you know a lot of times everybody wants to be so perfect, but then this game is is an imperfect game you know you can never be perfect in this game um, it's built on failure so I think for me, the most important part is to go out there and compete. You're not going to have your best stuff, um, what, not maybe 80%, 90% of the time, so to say. I mean, just kind of ballpark in a range. I mean, you're not going to – maybe one day you're not going to have your fastball or your curveball or your changeup. And it's, it's how can you go out there and compete with the stuff that you have. And I think a lot of these pitchers, sometimes that they tend – if they don't have something working that day, they just completely melt down. And I think – Learning from the Scherzers, the Strasbergs, the Corbins, um, those type of pitchers that, hey, it's okay if you don't have a stuff. How, how am I going to get through this game without my best stuff? And I think it, it comes down to being a competitor. And I think that's kind of what I've learned throughout my years is, is these, these guys that are successful, they learn how to, to go out there and compete and be successful without their best stuff.
1: That's pretty fascinating, and I think that's something that probably resonates with everybody, that we could kind of just carry into our own lives about how we go about our business, and that's cool to think about. Again, we're talking with Kurt Suzuki, a new Angels catcher with us now. Kurt, I want to go into your your deal with the Angels a little bit because it's unique. You, You don't see very many highly competitive guys like yourself maybe take less money, maybe take less playing time to be where you want to be, and that's what you did by coming to the Angels. I want to talk about the playing time perspective for a moment. How different is it going to be for you now coming into a season where we've heard Perry Manassian talk about you know maybe seeing you two or three times a week, and, and when you're used to being um, you know once a full time catcher, more recently about a fifty percent of the time, is this going to be different for you going into this season uh, approach wise because of that? You know, not
2: really. I I always prepare myself to play as many games as possible uh, because anything can happen in a season where guys get hurt or you know, you get thrusted into a position and you want to be prepared at all times. That being said, you know, I understand my role. I'm getting older. And usually as you get older, you know, you, you try to take care of your body a little bit more and try to keep yourself a lot fresher. Um, you know, I feel like I'm in great shape. Uh, I'm able to go out there and catch, but you know, my job is to help the team win. And if the team wants me to play 40 games to help the team win, then I'm going to do it. If it's 50, 60 and so on, I'll do whatever it takes to help the team win. And I think uh, at this point in my career, I think having that relationship with the other catcher and having that bond where you kind of talk things over, create scouting reports, and help each other out, I mean, that's how you win. I mean, not just the catching position, but the whole team. You, you try to make others around you better. And I think that uh, me coming in here, obviously being in Southern California, that was my number one goal, uh, taking less money. Um, being with Davey Martinez the last couple years and him – learning from joe madden to be able to go and play for joe madden i thought was it was a really cool thing to do as well so i'm really excited man i'm I'm excited for whatever this season brings and
1: to help the team win Uh, Look, you talking about this is getting me excited. I just think it's really fascinating because in some ways, like you've taken on this role and and I know that like you know a lot of times like aging veterans will still think, hey, hey, I'm still the man. And that can kind of create like a rift if there's somebody else that's young and coming up. It sounds like for you, you're really all about that mentorship and that leadership. And obviously, you know, the the healthier you are and the fresher you are, the better you're going to play. That's outstanding and that's going to help the Angels win. But to also take that other, you know, kind of philosophical side of this, I I find that pretty interesting. Is that kind of what you're hoping to do at at this point in your career?
2: Yeah. uh, You know, don't get me wrong. Everybody wants to play every day and and be that everyday type of guy. You know, I was there, you know, at one point in my career. But at the same time, uh, there's a time where, where, you know, you have to kind of check yourself at the front door or, or, so to say, put your ego away and do what it takes to help the team win. This is a team sport. Um, you know, I pride myself on being a great teammate and doing whatever I can to help the team win, and, and I feel like, um, you know, at this point in my career, it is what it is, and I'm going to do the best I can with the role I'm given, and I've kind of, you know, embraced that role. You know, last few years, I've been more of a platoon guy. You know, now maybe two, three times a week. Um, you know, it, it doesn't change anything. You know, I feel like... You know, even if I'm not playing, I can still do things to help the team win, whether it's help staff or whoever's back there catching, um, you know, with scouting reports or with, you know, in-game adjustments and things like that, help pitchers. So, you know, it, it it is what it is. And, you know, there's really no ego in this game. You know, I've had a great career. Like I said, I've been very blessed to be in the position that I am. And now it's about to go out there and, and, and keep winning ballgames. You know, that's the bottom line.
1: Well, clearly, you know what it takes to win, and you got the ring to prove it, which is pretty outstanding. And uh, again, congratulations on that uh, from that 2019 Nationals team. Uh, Kurt, I don't want to keep you too much longer, but at the same time, I'm curious to know from you, like, we catching is such a physically demanding position i think it's a more mentally demanding position than people give it credit for too but at the same time how do you feel like like what's different for you at 37 when you're going to catch maybe compared to when you were 27 in this game like what's different for you uh from catching a major league baseball game
2: you know i think it's the recovery aspect taking care of your body i think oh coming up you know, nutrition and all that recovery wasn't, wasn't huge. I mean, I don't want to say it's non-existent. There was, uh, some methods, you know, hot tub, cold tub, things like that. But, you know, I think nowadays with nutrition, health and nutrition with recovery, whether it's a lot more stretching or, or different types of workouts that, that helps your body recover, um, and stay fresher longer. And, and that aspect, I think changed a lot. And I think I've benefited from that, um, a lot where, you know, I think, staying away from certain type of foods or, or, you know, doing a little bit different recovery workouts and things like that, I think the game's always evolving. And I think that's the really neat part about this game is it's always evolving and you're always learning uh, new things where, you know, I did, if I knew this, I always did. if I knew this 12 years ago, uh, it would be amazing, you know, but uh, it's really neat to see that. The evolution of the game and where the game's going and, and things like that—it's—it's uh, a—it's very interesting to me.
1: I'm looking forward to seeing you out there, and I appreciate uh, the, the thoughtful answers today and just having this conversation. Um, real quick, how excited are your kids uh, to be able to come to the ballpark and see you at the big A?
2: Oh man, they're so excited. They—they they, you know they—they they still can't. I can't believe it, and they can't believe it. They say, "Wait, Daddy doesn't have to go to Florida or fly across." <laughs> you know daddy we're gonna stay in our house this whole season and i think they haven't really um seen that yet and and my middle one kai he's uh, seven uh, he he really loved anthony you know Rendon. i mean he's gonna love the whole team but he's he's such a baseball rat and uh he really built a good relationship with anthony in washington and and the first thing he said was i get to be with anthony again so um he's gonna be super pumped they, you know hopefully they let families come into the field and you know kids kind of come around
1: the club off and things like that that'll be really neat that is so awesome he's kurt suzuki kurt thank you so much for the time here today i'm looking forward to seeing you hopefully in spring training i don't know how that stuff's going to look right now but i'm sure we'll see each other soon uh but i really appreciate the time today thank you so much all right
2: thanks for having me
1: love it right there from Kurt Suzuki. You know, he's going to really take on that crash Davis role and I am really impressed and uh, in some ways motivated by him because he is somebody that understands the situation. He understands, you know, where he's at in his career and he's at the point like Joe Madden has talked about the five levels of being a professional. And those five levels, number 1 is you're just happy to be there. 2, it's survival mode. Number 3 is now you finally feel like you belong. Like that's that's great. Like th- those are good. You want the the odd ones are good. Like when when you're just happy to be there, okay, that's a good place to be. That's a positive space. Trying to survive, it's more of a negative space. You want to try to get out of 2 as fast as you can. 3, finally feeling like you belong. Again, a good place to be. Four, all right, now I want to get paid. Again, negative place to be. You don't want to be in two. You don't want to be in four. You want to get out of those as fast as possible. And then number five, the fifth and highest level of being a professional, All I want to do is win. Again, I learned that from Joe Madden. And right now, what Kurt Suzuki is saying, he is number 5. All I want to do is win. And he can do that as a leader. He's going to help these pitchers. There is no question about that. He's going to help the catching core. I have a lot of faith in that as well, of being a leader to them. And, oh, by the way, he is still a really productive player. I mean, if you go back to his last full season in 2019, 17 home runs. I mean, he hit 270 last season. A lifetime 260 hitter. This is an above-average hitter, and I think that it, with you know playing two or three days a week is going to help keep him fresh, help keep him healthy. I, I think there's a lot of good that's going to come with this uh, Kurt Suzuki signing. That's why I was pretty fired up um, on that. Speaking of signings, the uh, Jose Quintana deal became official uh, at the end of last week. It's one-year, eight million dollars. Again, you just add him in uh, to a pitching staff. We talked a lot about uh, Jose Quintana last week. I don't want to go too much into that but you're talking about somebody with a lifetime 373 ERA. And even though, you know, he had a harder time with the Cubs the last couple of years, what he did with the White Sox just outstanding. And I think he provides a lot of depth to this Angels rotation. And Perry Manassian says the Angels are going to continue to be aggressive in looking at getting more starting pitching. So maybe, you know, the Angels can, can get one more guy, really solidify this rotation. You feel pretty good about the offseason that the Angels have had to this point. Okay. Now I want to shift gears for a second and bring on our second guest. He's Mark our Angels TV broadcaster. He's a friend. To this show, uh, we love getting a chance to talk with Mark Gooby on any chance that we can. Gooby, what's going on, man? How are you,
0: Trent? What's going on, dude? It's been a while, man, to be able to talk to you, and I'm looking forward to talking to you real soon and. Uh, it- discussing some angels victories here as we go along in 2021
1: <laughs> definitely looking forward to that who knows what the uh, 2020 landscape or 2021 landscape uh, is going to be like but mlb saying uh, all systems go on schedule as of now and uh, we'll see how it all plays out uh before we get to talking to uh, angels baseball i gotta know what does the uh what is the winner look like in the gooby household because i understand that the christmas decorations were big time but what goes on this time of year
0: yeah, you know, this is the time of the year where, where there's already a lull. I mean, I, I love my Christmas decorations. I can't stand, you know, taking them down. So I had to do all that stuff in in early January. And then as we move along here, it's like I always felt that January was one of the most difficult months to get through because I have no decorations to put out. At least in Valentine's Day, I'll bring out some stuff. Easter, I'll do the same thing. You know, then we work our way to you know Memorial Day weekend, 4th of July before we get to my fun time with Halloween and Thanksgiving and Christmas. So uh, you know, this is a tough one for me. At least <laughs> at least at the Eagles were in the playoffs and heading the Super Bowl. I could decorate my house with Eagles stuff or even the Rams for that matter, but uh nothing right now as far as decorations. At least my house will finally be clean. My wife will be happy. <laughs>
1: There you go. There's nothing more depressing than taking down the Christmas decorations. That's the worst. And I didn't have the heart to text you after that uh, week, week 17 debacle with with the Eagles. I just, I just didn't have the heart for it.
0: I appreciate that one because yeah. I, I haven't got over that one yet. That, that, that was awful, by the way. Yeah,
1: you, you, <laughs> you, you don't just give up uh, on a season right there uh, or any game ever. Uh, let's talk a little Angels baseball because the one thing about this January, Gooby, is the way that the hot stove has kind of been burning. A lot has been pushed to now that January is rolling around. This is typically a pretty quiet time, but there has been a lot of movement. The Angels have made a couple of acquisitions uh, in picking up uh, Jose Quintana more recently and also Kurt Suzuki, a backup catcher here uh, in the last couple of weeks. What are some of your thoughts on the job that Perry Manassian has done to this point uh, for the Angels to try to get this team ready to go and to contend in 2021?
0: Yeah, he really has done a good job as far as what he's been trying to accomplish during the offseason. I know as, as Halo fans, and we're we're big time Angel fans as well. You still like to see another starting pitcher added in there, maybe even two, but that hasn't been the case quite yet. But death wise, you know, we're seeing some pretty solid things. Katana is a guy that I remember with the White Sox, and even seeing with the Cubs. I mean, he, he could pencil in for double figures and wins. There was a lot of strikes. His velocity on his fastball has pretty much stayed the same over the last five, six years. It's about ninety one point four miles per hour average fastball, at least according to fan graphs that so there's no drop in velocity. I mean last year was one of those years where you just you just kinda don't even think about what happened for a lot of players. So he didn't pitch a whole lot for you know, the Cubs last year, but you know, I think he's gonna be a big addition to the club. Anytime you can bring a left handed starting pitcher and, and a consistent one into your rotation, that's gonna help you out a lot. But uh the Glacius power arm in the, in the bullpen. I think the bullpen with Claudio is going to be very, very good this year. That was a big point, the reason why they weren't in the playoffs last year. A lot of games got away from them late. And even Artie said that in the press conference for Perry, that he didn't like the fact that this club lost a lot of games and you know, blown saves. So hopefully that's not going to be a scenario this year. Joe Madden will be around these guys a lot more, you know, with the way that hopefully the way the season breaks yeah. out for the club. And Suzuki behind the plate, he's a winner. He's always been a winner. I've always been a big, big fan of his when he was with those Oakland days and then won a world championship with the Nationals as well. Uh, did really well with Atlanta, and Perry Mnaffian knows him well from down in those days too. So I think there's some, some things still to be worked out. It's The crazy thing, Trent, about baseball is, is, is I wonder why it always takes so long to get things going. And now that it is, it's getting crazy. You look at the NBA, the NHL, the NFL – Man, once you have free agent opening up, I mean, all those things happen. But For whatever reason, baseball just kind of drags its feet, and and it's kind of dragging it in. I know it's a crazy year and and a tough situation for owners to deal with with the 2020 season and 60-game schedule, no fans, and a lot of lost revenue. But uh, I think it's heating up now, and and hopefully there'll be some some more news before we know it to improve this club because I think division overall, It's a winnable division for the Angels it'd be great to get back to the postseason
1: yeah, I think so, too. And that's a really good point you bring up. Like the NBA at midnight on free agent day, oh, is it, you know, July 1st, typically. I mean, if you don't have your team set by, like, July 3rd, I mean, it's too late, uh, which is just crazy how basketball goes. I, I want to go back to the bullpen that you mentioned a moment ago, and you, you mentioned the pickup of Rysell Iglesias and Alex Claudio, a change of pace left hander you could put in there. You know, I, I was kind of wondering about this season in terms of, the amount of innings starters are going to go I know that's been declining the last several years but when you look at last season with the so few innings thrown by anybody last year because it was such a shortened season I, I had Mickey Galloway on last week and Mickey was kind of saying that he expects starters to, to go you know fewer innings than they did in 2019 just because he thinks the injury risk is going to be higher. Do you think something like that is going to put more pressure on making sure that you have to have a really good bullpen this year just because because you don't know how many innings you're going to get out of your starters this season.
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's a great point, Trent. Uh, you know, I've been thinking about that a lot of whether guys that opted out, like a David Price, everyone said, well, his arm's going to be fresh and, and and guys didn't throw a whole lot of innings. I just go back to what I did in my career. I always felt, you know, the more I threw, the better I got, and the stronger I got. I know it sounds odd, but I, I felt better. As I got past 100 innings pitching in the season, that from 100 to 250 or whatever it was going to be, was I felt I was at my best because that's when I was pitching and not just rearing back and throwing. And that's where it comes to the thought process. That you might see some more injuries with starters because they're going to feel a little fresher potentially because they didn't throw a lot of innings. Some didn't throw any, any innings at all last year. That they're going to overthrow. And you know when you don't have that balance of, of throwing and, and best way you can you know get strength in your arm. It's long tossing, doing all those exercises, the band work, you know, the, the weighted baseballs, all those things come into play. But when you don't do that, or at least as much as you normally would do, you, you risk the injury factor because you're just now all of a sudden you say, wow, that, man, my arm feels good. It's like going to an amusement park, trying to knock down those milk bottles, <laughs> throwing as hard as you can. When well, you think you're good, but after about three or four throws, it feels like your arm's going to fall off. Uh,
1: so, I it, mean, that's in the thing case, I worry about for a lot yeah. of pitchers. Yeah, I mean, that that is absolutely something that you have to consider for this season. And, you know, I'm looking at, you know, the Angels starting rotation as it looks right now. And again, um, we don't know what moves are going to happen here in the next couple of weeks or so, but you look at the names you can pencil in. You you know, you can pencil in Dylan Bundy, Andrew Heaney, Jose Quintana, Griffin Canning, and then Shohei Otani, you hope, is is a major part of that as well. And then it's kind of uh, that next group of guys coming up, you know, Sandoval, Berea in there, maybe Chris Rodriguez elevates to that level. There seems to be a lot of talk about uh, the job he has done. But when you look at you know th- those four or five names there that kind of make up the rotation as it stands right now, we've heard Perry Manassian talk about getting improvement internally in addition to going after more arms. Is there anybody that's kind of in that pitching group right now that you see can make that jump and, and really um, – take another step forward to being a key contributor and and be a a double-digit winner?
0: Well, you you mentioned the the obvious ones with Bundy and and Heaney and Quintana and potentially Griffin Canning, but Patrick Sandoval, I love his arm. You mentioned Chris Rodriguez. I'm so intrigued to see him pitch on a consistent basis, staying healthy. I mean, his arm is is unreal. I mean, he's got a chance of being special. Of all the prospects that the Angels have in their system, you know, we, we, and we know there's some great outfielders, fantastic outfielders. You know, and I think Joe Adele can bounce back and might see him at some point. I know Joe Madden mentioned, you know, he needs some seasoning down in AAA. Uh, Brandon Marsh, I wouldn't be surprised if he makes the club out of spring training. So there's some talent there, but Chris Rodriguez, I think with his arm, he has a chance to do something special. And that's the guy I'm really looking forward to seeing, get as much work in spring training as we can now. There's a little bit of talk about maybe a delay in spring training. I don't know that for sure. I don't think that's going to happen. But the more throwing he gets, the more Patrick gets. And even Jaime Berea, I thought he made some strides last year because he was much, much better against right-handed batters. And that's something, if you're a right-handed pitcher, you should just own right-handed batters. And that was not the case throughout his first couple years. But I thought last year he did a much, much better job in a short season like he had of, of improving on that. And he's not worried about you know tipping pitches and all that other stuff that we talked about two years ago. He's just going out there and competing. That's what you want. You don't want all those peripheral thoughts going through your mind if you're a young pitcher on the mound. Am I doing this? Am I doing that? I'm just out there trying to attack hitters every time.
1: Talk with angels broadcaster mark gubiza right now gubiza i want to go back to your, your just your thought process as a player too because i'm trying to put myself into the minds of the current starting pitchers of this group right now and all anybody ever talks about is how the angels pitching has to get better oh they need more arms they need this they need that i'm just trying to think if i'm somebody in this rotation that's something that i would almost take as a challenge personally like, I, I, don't, I don't like that everyone's talking about this. I'm going to kind of own that. Do you think that that's something that can get through to some of the guys that are here now to, to make that jump?
0: Yeah, and I think it all comes down to coaching, uh, player development, to make you better than you really are. I, I go back, and I'm not a, a big person looking back at, at careers and things like that, especially when I'm involved in that. But I look, in 83, the Royals had a very old pitching staff, guys with great names from you know Steve Ranko to Gaylor Perry to – Paul Splitorf and Larry Gora and Dennis Land. These are all really good pitchers in their day, but they were guys who were banged up. They were getting older, a lot of mileage on their arms. So the, the Royals take a chance in 84 with myself, Saberhagen, Danny Jackson, you know, Bud Black, and eventually Charlie Liebrandt comes part of that rotation. Now, do you think anybody in our division at that point thinking, oh, geez, we better worry about these guys? No. <laughs> they were thinking nothing at all. But you know what? It turned out within two years we won a World Series because of that pitching staff. Now, when you push yourself and, and you push each other in your pitching staff, you have a chance to be in a much, much better, more competitive staff overall, and I think that's what you got to look for. you got to have guys like Bundy pushing Heaney, and you got Heaney pushing Quintana. Same thing with Griffin. you got to push each other. Shohei Otani, he's got to make that big step for me this year on the pitching side. If he does that, you know, this team is a, is a much, much better staff, and we can't just say if, 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 and hope. These guys got to – Compete. They got to be pushed, and they got to you know go against each other. Uh, every day they got to go in there and say, I, I'm going to pitch a better game than you pitched the day before. It's it's friendly competition, but that's the only way. You look at the Brave staff and all those guys in the Hall of Fame from Glav and Maddox and Smolty. Those guys push each other on the field, off the field at the golf course every day. They push each other to get better, and I think that's what you have to do. You just can't okay, let's just sign every starting pitcher out there and expect to win a World Series. Well, when you have the guys in place, you push each other each and every day to get better, and hopefully that's going to be the case for this staff.
1: Gibbs, I want to go back to this past season and it was, uh, it's almost hard to call it a season because it was so abbreviated, just the 60 games and we saw really a tale of two teams I thought with this Angel squad, the club we saw in July and August versus the team we saw in September before the final, you know, few games of the season it really seemed like this team was able to turn the corner and they played good baseball I thought in the month of September when you're looking at this team going like, well if that's May, and Joe has said this a lot, if that's May, then I think you like where the angels are at do you feel like there's more positive you can take out of what you saw in september with this angels group to see that hey wait a minute there's actually a lot of positive momentum going on with this team maybe compared to what you saw early on when when trout was missing time and Rendon kind of hurt to start the season
0: yeah I, i think one of the big things it's really never discussed a whole lot the team was much much better defensively in september you know the first couple of months of the season it was like all right, what is going on here? We're not catching the baseball. And when you do that, you give up extra outs. You're not going to win games. And everyone started – I mean, the lineup I still think is a very deep lineup, and it's going to score a lot of runs. But You can't rely on winning every single game, you know, 9-8. But if you alleviate the amount of outs per inning, you're, you're going to get a chance to win. It's going to allow your pitchers to be more confident. So often in the beginning part of the season, our pitchers, you saw a lot of 1-0 counts. No, you you want to be 0-1, and we in spring training, we verse back to spring training when Mickey Callaway first took over. Boy, I was like, I was fascinated by this pitching staff, what they were doing in spring training. They were ahead of the count all day long, 0-1, and getting these quick outs. They were using all their pitches. They weren't necessarily trying to throw the ball through the catcher. I know we got so caught up in swing and miss percentages and spin rates, which is all good, but you you got to get ahead of the count first to be able to utilize all those type of pitches for your, for your club. But getting those out, catching the baseball, you know, putting the defense in good position to make plays allows your pitching staff to to do much better. And I thought that, that's what the biggest reason. I thought they were catching the ball better. They were hitting the ball obviously uh, in a more consistent basis as they saw more, you know, got more at bats. But uh, there was some really in- impressive stuff I saw in September. And without that series, that that's, that tough series against the Dodgers in the end, I mean, you might even be talking postseason. They they really struggled in those last. Four or five games against San Diego and then and the Dodgers, but if you win those games, which they were all winnable, then you then Houston doesn't get in the playoffs and the Angels do. So um, there's things that, that really got me excited about in the end, but there's also things that I think you got to go from the beginning of the season. You got to make those plays. You can't give an extra out. And Joe Madden has said that even when I talked to him during the off season, we can't give away outs. So you got to make plays, and that's the thing where you got to work. I mean, it's not easy just to make a play. You've got to work at it, and you've got to work hard. You've got to want the baseball hit your way as a defender and make those plays, even if it means laying out, diving for a ball, or knocking it down in the infield. Anything you could do to prevent that opponent from getting that extra out in an inning is going to be important.
1: Yeah, it's all critical and that's some really good points you make right there and I I mean I keep going back to what you said a few minutes ago about you know the American League West and this division uh, seems gettable in in a lot of respects I don't think you know Houston's going to be quite as good I don't think Oakland's going to be quite as good and I think the Angels are going to be better so I think it's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out I want to shift gears and talk a little bit about uh, some news that has happened in your world on the television side after your partner of 11 years decided to change career paths and uh, is going to. go be uh the the new general manager in frisco um victor rojas you guys i I know we're very close and i I thought that uh what you said um after his his departure was was, um very very nice uh what you said there how have you kind of um you know what has that been like for you the last couple of weeks now you know thinking about okay i'm going into a season i'm going to have a new partner things are going to be different what's that kind of been like for you
0: yeah you know usually you know this is you know Victor and I would, you know, talk to each other quite a bit during the off season maybe via text or whatever it is. And but this is the time of the year we're already we're like, okay, so what do you think of this, 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 and that? And with as far as the club, but now all of a sudden it's like he's got his stuff going on with the you know his double A team there in, in Texas. He's worried about it. And now I'm just thinking, Who's who's my partner going to be? Because I've worked with Jose Moda, who my first year doing the baseball with the Angels. At, you know, during games, he was a fantastic partner of mine, and then it went to Rory Marcus, uh, who was awesome, and I, I miss him daily. Yeah. I mean, he was a lot of fun to be around, smart guy. And then, you know, here we are, Victor, for 11 years. So I'm thinking, you know, we're going to be. He, he would always say to me, Trent, "Hey, how how long you want to do this?" I said, "You know, until the Angels say to or Fox doesn't want me around." Then now I'm staying as long as I can So I enjoy doing what I'm doing. It's just, it's just a blast going to the ballpark, talking about you know, Trouty and, and Albert, and, and now Anthony Rendon, and, you know, over the years, Anderson Simmons was at shortstop. Now we got Iglesias doing this thing. He's going to do at shortstop. Um, so many great players, so many young players coming up. I'm, I'm never leaving unless they want me to go. And <laughs> and he goes, oh, I'm never going at all. So the next thing you know, I get that text, he's, he's done. I'm like, what? Yeah. You know, that's the thing that was crazy. So whoever my, my partner is going to be, you know, I and mean, to be honest with you, I have no idea at this moment, who that person is going to be? That we'll have fun, and you know I, I always have a blast. Like everyone always jokes, why are you always so happy all the time? I said, why would I not be happy? Yeah, I get to talk Angels baseball, I get to talk baseball. I'm not breaking down the stock market or anything else because then I might be in some trouble. But <laughs> uh, you know, this is such a it's such a great gig that I, I can't wait for spring training. I'm um, hopefully we'll be able to go out there to spring training and, and and at least be close or be around the guys just to get ready for the season because. That's part of the thing, and you know how it is, Trent, too, that being around the guys and having those conversations is so important for our job. And last year, you know, we're at about 1,000 miles away from every single game, whether we're at home, we're all the way up that third level, or, you know, when they're on the road, we're at home doing the game. So that part was tough, but the, the relationships we built with the players, and, and eventually I'll build a real good relationship with our next play by play person. So I'm looking forward to that sometime soon. Once. We ever hear who that's going to be? Sure,
1: And you know you, you you bring that up about the connection to the players, and yeah, I think that our our viewers and listeners, I think we're lucky this year because we got a chance to hear from a lot of the guys often. But the part that is missing on you know the broadcast, and it just every every team dealt with this last year, just those personal connections. Sometimes there, there can be a moment that's off the record that can help you know develop a relationship that's going to make things better moving down the road. That you can tell a story uh, moving forward and. I know that, Gooby, you're one of the best at that. And whoever your partner ends up being, I know that you guys, like you said, are going to have a lot of fun. And I think Angel fans are real fortunate uh, to have you on those broadcasts because uh, it is a good time. It's like hanging out, having a beer, and enjoying a baseball game. And uh, maybe you'll learn a little something along the way too. Hey, Gooby, thank you so much for joining us here on uh, Halo's Hot Stove and the Angels Recap Podcast. I appreciate it, man. Thank you.
0: Trent, I really appreciate it. You know, I can't wait for the season. You know, I am. It's like (laughs) Christmas is when uh, opening day comes around, which I think was April 1st. I'm hoping, keep my fingers crossed, that four game set with the White Sox. That'll be a lot of fun. That's going to be a really, really fun club to see how they develop the young players with Chicago. So I can't wait for that first series. And finally, we're at home, not open up with a four-game series yes. up in Oakland. That's a miracle in
1: itself. <laughs> four straight years or something like that. April 1st, it's going to be fantastic. I hope it all happens uh, what it's supposed to, and I hope that our fans can be here uh, for that as well. Goops, thanks again. We'll see you, man
0: got it Trent. I can't wait for the fans to be back at the stadium
1: man. Yeah I mean that's the most important thing at the end of the day. I don't know how it's going to happen but you need to be here. We need to play all of our games and we need to have you guys at the ballpark. Again thanks to uh, Mark Gubazov for joining us here on the Angels Recap Podcast. Thanks to Kurt Suzuki as well to Howard Drescher Alejandro Valenzuela. Everybody at AM 830 that helps put this show together. My name is Trent Rush. We really do appreciate you following along and checking out the Angels Recap Podcast. If you are not a subscriber already Make sure you do that, whether it be on Apple Podcasts, whether it be on iHeartRadio, however you tune in to podcasts. Uh, hit that subscribe button, follow along, uh, so you get the first notification when we put this podcast out each and every Wednesday. And, of course, you can hear us on the radio as well on Angels Radio AM 830. we got all kinds of stuff. Again, 24-7 Sports Talk, Roger Lodge in the afternoons. You're home for the Angels. we got Ducks Hockey, UC Irvine Basketball, which is keeping me busy uh, these days. It's awesome stuff always on AM 830. But more than anything else, that is your official Angels baseball station. So make sure to check that out. Have a great rest of your day, and thanks for listening. This has been the Angels Recap Podcast.